great. Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm joined by our co-host, Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Hi guys. Hi everyone. Hi guys. Today is another week, another pod. And this week we're talking about the Batman. We're talking about uh, DC movies that are coming out soon. You know, our thoughts on the Batman, things moving forward with DC, like what's next, what's in store. But before we get into that, (coughs) excuse me. We usually at the beginning of the podcast, we do a segment called uh, Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about TV shows and movies that we cannot wait to see that are coming out very soon. Uh, But this week, we're going to talk about what we have been watching. You know, we're talking about movies and TV shows that we've watched, that we've seen recently, that we're enjoying, and we're just going to recommend them to you guys because, you know, usually on this pod, we talk about the things that we can't wait to see. And as someone who is like re listens to the pod regularly. There are a lot of TV shows I talk about, like, oh, I can't wait to watch this, I can't wait to watch this. And I've never watched them. So watched it's 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 nice to just sit here and talk about the things that I have watched lately. So Glenn, uh, why don't you start and tell us something that you've watched recently that you enjoyed? Um, so I'm so here's the thing. The first the movie that I want, no, I guess show the show that I want to talk about. Um, I saw it pop up around like when it originally came out, never watched it. And I saw that season two is coming out soon. I was like, okay, so I have to watch this so I can watch season two. I'm very much that type of person. If I meant to watch it, as soon as I see that season two is coming out, I'm like, okay, now I actually have to sit down and watch it. Um, And the show is Flight Attendant. It's on HBO Max. It's starring Kaylee Kiyoko. um, Kiyoko. um, And like uh, Zoe Zamane and Rosie Perez. Mm. uh, Perez. Um, And... Like, without spoiling very much, because, like, mm. this all happens in, like, the first episode. This is kind of, like, the plot of the show. Um, uh, Haley's character, Cassie, uh, she is a flight attendant at, like, a very, like, luxurious airline. Um, mm. And she, like, she, on one of her flights, she's kind of, like, a mess in general. She's someone who's regularly, like, not doing their job, a little bit of a drunk, a little bit all over the place, a little bit of a party girl. Um, and she's flirting with someone who's, like, in her section, the section of the plane that she's taking care of. And mm. they're flying to Bangkok. Um, and they, like, she ends up, like, going on a date with this guy while they're there. And, you know, wild, crazy montage, things happening, getting drunk, blah, blah, blah. She wakes up the next morning, and they're in bed together, but his throat is slit. He is dead. Ooh. Um, and she doesn't really remember much of last night, but, like, obviously, she's, like, convinced that she didn't do it. Um, and so it's very... Like, it's her, like, trying to, like, at least the first episode is, like, her, like, trying to cover the evidence, her, like, going back to the States, because, like, you know, she's a flight attendant, she had to go the next morning anyways, and, like, trying to, like, dodge, like, the the Bangkok police, and then, like, the FBI gets involved, because it's, like, an international thing, because the guy was an American, so, like, now the FBI is, like, searching around, and, like, trying to, yeah, and um, without spoiling anything else like that, it's, um, it's very much her, her and her friend, who's a law- lawyer played by uh, Zosia, um trying to like put together the pieces try to figure out if is she innocent what can they do um who they need to pin this on that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but it's exciting it's very it's very engaging it does look really good i'm not gonna lie it looks like one of those shows that comes out and you're like oh this actually is kind of interesting because a lot of new shows that come out and they're like this is boring i'm not gonna waste my time with this but mm-hmm. this i've seen commercials for it when it first came out and i've seen like the season two trailer for it yeah so i'm definitely gonna check it out when i have time mm-hmm. yeah it looks really good and i love it when like 
actors who get off of like bad TV shows end up doing something that's like actually exactly. good. It shows up their talent. I love seeing her this because like most of the time yeah. she's either a party girl mess or she's like freaking out because like she doesn't know what to do with like the body or like what to do with the fact that the police are after her. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so nice to see like real emotion being played by her and it, it comes across so well. She fits that aesthetic so well, like a party girl that like got a little bit too in a little bit into over their head and it's now like oh this is serious mm-hmm. oh i don't know how to handle this yeah definitely definitely love to see it love that uh speaking of hbo max uh there's a show i've been watching on hbo max called generation and it's like a plus for the t i a lot of people have recommended it to me and um it got canceled, which is like really sad because I started watching it and I really like it. Like Justice Smith, he's the uh, lead actor. I don't know what it is. Justice Smith in like Generation and The Get Down. I don't know why y'all hate my man so much. He is a phenomenal <laughs> actor. He is so talented. He's really great in the show. And he's awesome in like so many other things like The Voyagers, who's in that movie with Sydney Sweeney. And he was also in Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds and mm-hmm. Catherine Newton. Justice Smith is such a wonderful actor and I love him. I've been a fan of his for so long. I've been a fan of him since he was in Paper Towns and I truly do love seeing him continue to like do so well in Hollywood and Generation is a really nice show. It's very interesting. It feels very realistic. It depicts like young children's struggles with like their sexuality and gender identity and just trying to get through high school and da 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 da. And I guess it's another show where like 20 year olds are playing high schoolers, but at least it's kind of written in a realistic way and it feels very true to form. And when I'm watching the show, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a TV show written by adults about teens. It feels like a really like introspective look into what it's like to be a teen, you know? And I'm really excited to continue watching it. I just started it, but it's pretty good so far. So I've been enjoying that. Ah, ah. Yeah, I do love, uh, I do love like, I like shows that are underrated, mm-hmm. you know? I like a nice sleeper hit, you exactly. know what I mean? I wish, I just wish it wasn't put to sleep, you ah. know? Cause there are a couple things on HBO Max that could be kicked to the curb and Generation wasn't one of the things that should have been. Thank goodness. Yeah, I I I really wish it had. Did you say thank goodness? What? Yeah, I said thank goodness. It got kicked to the curb. It got canceled. No, it it. Oh, I thought you said it didn't. It did. I you said it didn't. Oh my god. Glass. You definitely said it didn't. You definitely no! said it didn't. No, you one hundred percent said it didn't. Play it back. Run it back. Because oh she said gosh. it didn't. Anyways, Generation isn't getting a season two, so I just have to you know pace my way through season one because this is all I'm getting from the show which sucks, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. All yeah. right, I'll have to check it out. I've definitely yeah. seen like stuff about it. I've yeah. heard some people talking about it. Yeah, not many people talk about it as much as I would like them to, but I am definitely gonna get into it. Also, Our Flag Means Death is a show that people have been talking about a lot lately. And I do wanna get into that. I do wanna start watching that, yeah. Um, Glenn, is there anything else that you've been watching lately that you really love and really enjoyed? I don't think so. I unfortunately haven't been like watching a lot recently. Hmm. I've been, I've maybe only had like one or two shows and one of them I'm just rewatching. Okay. Um, I think another show for me is going to be, well, this is a show I've been watching for a while. It's called Hospital Playlist. 
And it's basically like this very sweet K-drama about mm -hmm. these uh, five best friends that work in a hospital. And it's really wholesome. And the show is, um, I don't know how, it's basically described as a slice of life kind of show where essentially okay. when you're watching it, it feels like, um, it feels like you're in there. Like, it feels like, it feels like a representation of everyday life. It doesn't feel like TV. It just feels really like natural. And the narrative sense feels like you're just following along with people's like, you're just like, it's like, these are people in a hospital. It's not too overdramatic. It's not too romantic. It's not too violent. It's not too gory. It's not too sad. It just feels like you're following along with some doctors that are trying to help some kids and figure out their lives. And you're like weaving in and out of different people's, um, you know, emotions and what they're going through. And I enjoyed the show. It's a very, it's a comfort to me. And I love watching shows with like subtitles. I love watching K-dramas because it forces me to pay attention to what's going on in the show. So mm -hmm. it forces me to recognize which character is doing what. And it's a show that I have to like sit down and like watch. And I enjoy that. Like it reminds me of Terrace House. How like that's a show where like there are three single guys and three single girls and they all live in a house in uh, the... Uh, South Korean countryland, and they're all like pursuing their careers and dreams, but also kind of like looking for love. Yeah, and they yeah. can date people in the house, or they can date people just like outside. And the show, I love Terrace House because you're watching them live their life, and then there's like a group of people, like entertainers and comedians, that are also watching the show that commentate on the show and what's mm -hmm. going on, and then it switches back and forth. And I like that because it helps they break it down better for me what's going on. And I haven't watched Serious House in a long time, but I really did enjoy that show. I used to be obsessed with that show. I used to watch it every single day. So, yeah, just slowly getting back into my cage on my bag, you ah. know, just enjoying that. Yeah. And one last show I finished was Good Girls. It's a show on NBC, and it's about these three moms that fall on hard times, they fall into a life of crime. And the show ended... And I feel the type of way about the ending, you know, because like not every ending is going to be perfect, mm -hmm. but like this particular ending, I don't know if I 100% agree with it or enjoyed it, but it just, it was the ending that it gave. And I feel like it was obviously rushed because I don't think, I don't think the show was supposed to end after the fourth season. Okay. I think there were some disputes over pay for one of the actors. And I'm sad that the show is over, but I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, oh, okay. I think season four, they tried a new angle with the show because people felt like it was boring or feel like it was doing the same formula. I don't know how I felt about it because they introduced a lot of new characters and I don't know how I was feeling about these new people. But, you know, you can't like sometimes the first and second season of a show, it's just the best seasons of a show. Uh -huh. And that's just all it is. You know, like I watched it. I finished it. You know, the actors did what they had to do and they did it well. So at the end of the day, you know, shout out to everybody involved in Good Girls. And like, I hope to see Christina Hendricks in literally anything soon. Maybe see her in a restaurant at a table with a glass of wine. But, you know, however I see her, I would like to see, <laughs> I see would her. like to <laughs> see her and not her husband. I don't know who that man is. <laughs> oh I don't know who that man is. Yeah. But I guess that's it for like what we've been watching lately, what we've been seeing. And so we're going to move into uh, talking about The Batman, mm. the new film directed by Michael Reeves. It was Michael Reeves, right? Mm -hmm. That was the director? Yeah. Okay. Michael Reeves 
bring us the neo-noir David Fincher-esque thriller that is The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Daniel, Colin Farrell, and many, many other amazing actors. And before we get to talk about The Batman, can we just talk about how I was so, I was so fucking, I was so excited to watch this movie. I was ready to support it. I was ready to love it. And then Zoe Kravitz had to fuck everything up and show her ass on the internet twice. Then people had to drag her over and over and over again. For those who do not know, um, we all know the Oscars happened and that Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. And that has led to a bunch of people giving their unsolicited opinion. And every single person that's given their opinion has been dragged through the mud by Twitter. And Zoe Kravitz was the latest victim because she posted two different pictures of herself with the same condescending caption of, this is a picture of me at an event where I guess where you're allowed to assault people now. And people dragged her through the mud because she's best friends with Alexander Wang, who was a sexual assaulter and a predator. Uh, people found out that she was dating Jaden Smith when he was 14, yes, dating. Uh, I read a blind item that they were dating and she broke up with him because he started talking about marriage. She was 24 and he was 14. And amongst many other things, like her not wanting to be interviewed by Essence because she felt like they weren't her audience, despite the fact that Essence is, even though it's a theme black for Black women, anyone can read Essence, girl. And you are a Black woman and finding past interviews and articles of her talking about how she didn't feel like she was black enough she didn't feel like she fit in with the black kids because she didn't like Tyler Perry and she listened to Neil Young even though there are plenty of black people that listen to country music and rock music your dad is a rock star you're not special obviously and uh, I would like to remind everybody that even even though Robert Patterson is very attractive and very talented as an actor he dated FK eight twigs for a while and she spoke to how she did not feel valued in the relationship because his fans would always like say racial slurs to her online and he just didn't do shit about it so you can run through gotham and clean up the streets but you can't tell these 14 year olds to not say the n-word to your girlfriend hmm yeah so very much the usual um mm-hmm. a movie comes out the movie itself you know, anywhere from good to amazing. Um, and then how unfortunate that all the people in it do terrible, well, do ter- terrible things, annoying things, bad things. Yes, it Welcome does. Welcome to Hollywood, yet again. It does suck that, um, Can people just know. stop messing up? Can people just let me have anything? Let me have one movie. Let me have one thing. None of these people, none of these actors are allowed to do anything. The movie comes out, Silence. No social mm-hmm. media. You're not allowed to leave your house. No press coverage. Nothing. Let me enjoy the movie. Please. Just for like a month or two. Just just get the Nothing. opening numbers in and get the get the money up and like let the studio get their check. And then and then you can get your phone back. And then mm-hmm. you can get Instagram password back. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you people will still want to work with you a month after the movie comes out. Two months after the movie comes out. Your opportunities aren't going to disappear because you didn't jump on it the day after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah. On all, it was just. I, 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 
like you it's can't tiring. believe anything it's tiring it's so annoying and tiring to be fans of people and to like admire people and then you do a little bit of deep diving a little bit of digging and then you figure out that oh this person that you like and you like their movies and you think they're like attractive and you like this interview that they did that made them seem charming and interesting oops guess what they did this thing and it makes you rethink everything you thought about this person because mm-hmm. people are not archetypes people are people and yes they're complicated and blah 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 whatever but they're also just like kind of shitty you know yeah some things aren't complicated actually some things are yeah. really quite simple <sighs> yeah it's a it's a sad it's a sad moment for all of us Black women that thought that Robert Pattinson was our safe white man. He's not. He's not. He's not safe. Surprise. Surprise. White men are trash. All, a lot of men are trash. So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess moving forward with the uh, review, we could just refer to them by their character names. Yeah. The, take note, everyone listening that now that we've addressed the issues with the actual actors, now we're going to focus on the film as a film. And I'm not gonna lie, I was ready to, when I saw Bat- the Batman, I was ready to defend Zoe Kravitz because for a long time, people said that she wasn't a good actress. And I was, listen, I was ready to run up to the front lines and be like, no, no, because I watched High Fidelity, which was a show on Hulu, which is a remake of a movie that her mom was in. And I loved High Fidelity and I was pissed that it got canceled. And I, I genuinely love that show because I felt represented in that show for like black kids that didn't like rap music and like other kind of music. And I was like, yes, a show for like people that like like Arctic monkeys and people who like, you know, the neighborhood, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And not just the song Spider Weather. I'm like, I low key am one of those people. Like I low key am a hater, like deep down inside of me. And I really did love the show and I felt like seen in that show. And you know, me not liking rap would never be me excuse to be anti-black and you know try to like distance myself from my blackness even though Zora Kravitz and every single mixed celebrity that ever opens their mouth wants to talk about how they never felt black enough or white enough like girl leave it alone all right we're done write a book and leave it alone okay like we get it but like you know I was so ready and also she was good in the Batman that's the yeah. thing that really sucks. Like she was really good. Mm-hmm. Like she did a great job. Absolutely. And it's like you want it. I want to see her in more things, but I don't want to see this woman's face at all anymore. I don't want to hear her name. I don't, I don't want to hear her speak. I don't want her to get on social media. I don't, I don't want her. I don't want her in an interview being like, oh, people think that think things that cost is social media. Oh, social media just want to drag you down. Oh, some of these things are just a joke. You know, don't take things too seriously. Like, babe, leave it to your PR team. Okay, just shut up. All right. Post your cute little pictures and turn off your comments. That's all you need to do. Okay. Mm. But anyways, yeah. me forgetting that. I cannot believe that I forgot the fact that FKA Tiggs wrote a whole album about her relationship with Robert Pattinson. Like cellophane? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cellophane? Mm-hmm. How did I forget that? Um. Oh my gosh. Well, here we go. Mm. Let's just talk about this freaking movie, I guess. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about this freaking movie. All right. Um, uh, Glenn, do you want to start? <laughs> okay. Well, so again, focusing only on the movie and pretending right. that these people do not exist outside of this movie. Right, right. Um, I, I really liked it. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of Batman fans who said that this 
could very well be the best Batman movie that's ever come out. And while I don't entirely agree with that, I do mm-hmm. understand why people would say that. Yeah. Um, because it was, it was really good. It was very grim and noir while leading more into the murder mystery sort of aspect instead of the, the just like grim brutality of like a bad city aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little bit of the touch of like Batman being hated by like the the city without it being like the plot point, which is always really annoying when that becomes the plot point because it's a very old trope to use. Um, we got a kind of, I won't say like broken, broken Batman, but definitely like a newer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'd be better to say it. He's not old and broken. Yeah. He's just new and inexperienced. Yeah, I think that past Batman have kind of focused on like that whole macho feeling of like being sad, but being like broodingly sad, you know, and like mm-hmm. being an old man, like I'm too old for these tricks. I'm too old for this shit. It's the same thing every single day. But this Batman is like, he's young, obviously. And he has like the indifference to his wealth and the power that he holds and has like this kind of like, he's tired of the same old shit, but he wants to make a change in some kind of way, even though there is a naivete to his goals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just, it's something a little bit more interesting to watch. Like we get it. Yeah, obviously like it's an old job, blah, blah, blah. The, you know, every time you like fix something, it's always gonna get broken again. But like, like that's old. Like we've seen that so many times before, especially in Batman movies, especially yeah. in any kind of like grim, dark movie like this. It was something new. Flip the script a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I also enjoyed the movie as well. I went to go see it with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and it was really good. Um, I knew that it was going to be long. I did not realize it was two hours and 47 minutes. Uh, two hours but- and 47 minutes of him walking, walking. <sighs> The thing is, is that like, even though the movie was long, I think that it served the purpose, you know, because a lot of times movies are really long and there's not really like a reason for it to have this much material in it. But the the film was so like well-crafted and the details were so meticulously placed mm-hmm. that it it did a good job. Like, you know, I was intrigued I was paying attention from beginning to end. And I think that, you know, with the cinematography, especially, uh, just watching the movie, it just felt like, it didn't really feel like, it felt like a movie and it felt like a long movie, but I wasn't like waiting for it to end. Yeah, I was kind of just like waiting for what's next, you know? And that's what you want in the film. You want to see what's next. What's going to happen next? What's the next plot point? What's the next disaster? Are they going to catch him? Is he going to die? Like, who are we going to see? Who's the new villain that's going to pop up out of nowhere? And I enjoyed that about the film. And I think that Reeves did an awesome job as a director taking, um, you know, all the things that we love about Batman, like the villains mm-hmm. and also if you love about superheroes, like the action scenes and the CGI and like a car chase and like, you know, corruption, like corrupt officials and putting that all into a movie that didn't just feel like a superhero movie but kind of felt like a crime drama you know what I mean yeah like you're watching this rich billionaire 
like sincerely try to figure out what's going on in this city and like trying to like honor his father's legacy in a way where like, yes, he's playing dress up and like he runs to the cops whenever they need help, but there's like something earnest in his mission. There's something earnest in the drive and the goals that he has. And I like, okay, okay. I guess let's not dive that far yet because that's something that happens later. We're still talking about like general stuff. I like, okay, maybe it's just because I'm a sucker for it. I love a corruption story. I mm. love a story where every single person is in on it. Every single person is in You, like the idea of like, you can't trust anyone. Mm. I don't know, it's always, it's just interesting. It leads yeah. to a lot of like fun turns that a movie can take. And the fact that like, as he, um, you know, like as the story progressed, you realize like, oh no, every single one of these people on like the police force and all these government officials and all these people that have positions of power they're all in on it they're not all and like i like that they aren't all like e evil like murdering people on the street um you know like super villain type like crime mafia boss mm. people. but they all know what's going on and they all accept the money and they all keep quiet about certain things everybody is an accomplice on various different levels um, and I love that. That's something, cause like, especially, well, probably realistically, because it's very accurate and very real to our lives. We like thinking that people are good people, but mm -hmm. like, let's be realistic. You'd be hard pressed to find any person who's currently, um, in our government that currently holds a seat either in like the, you know, the executive cabinet or the house of Congress or the Senate that doesn't have some bloody money on their hands. That doesn't have something that they're trying to keep a secret from everyone. Um, and I guess it makes it easier to like deal with in real life, seeing it portrayed, like the, the like awareness, like, like this is obviously like a huge movie. Everyone knows that this is true. This isn't like me being a conspiracy theorist, thinking that like the government is like against the people or that the government is doing nefarious things. This is just a well-known fact. And hopefully, if it, it, maybe, it's not going to happen, but hopefully, if it continues to be such a well-known fact, it means that it could be fixed in the future. Because the first step to fixing any problem is admitting that the problem actually exists. Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit too optimistic for me from like a Batman movie, but like, you gotta hold on to some piece of hope, no matter how small the sliver is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And... I think that the film, um, I think that the film focusing on like the deep seas of corruption and how like entangled it is in the city of Gotham and in the people that we like that are in charge, it really does reflect real life. And I think that's something I really like about this movie is that like a lot of films that have been coming out recently try too hard to have like a social justice meaning behind it and I think that this film did a good job of trying to be like a cop drama in a way and, and like a crime drama and like having that superhero aspect mm -hmm. you know people know that like Gotham is like a city of lawlessness and like there's corruption and people have lost faith and they're elected officials and like all that stuff with like you know that Batman having his Rorschach kind of narration but the movie does a good job of bringing in the elements of the comic books in the past films, the things we know about the movie and relating it to society as a whole. And, you know, you are right in uh, saying that like, you know, the film, like 
the Dark Knight really does try to, he tries to like seek vengeance, you know, and seek out justice. And I think it kind of like reflects on like the Riddler and how the Riddler kind of looked to the Batman as his accomplice, as mm-hmm. his ally, exactly. you know, from the mayor um, dying, he enlists Batman in his scheme to try and weed out all the people and untangle the web. And the Riddler knew this, he knew all of this, and he relied on the Batman to bring these people out into the light so that he could like finish the job, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Riddler is a very interesting uh, representation of incels and our society. And like a lot of people who live in like the margins of American society who are on Reddit and on Facebook and uh, believe in QAnon and these comp- conspiracy theories that like all Republican, like all people, all like Democrats are bought by George Soros and that celebrities are enlisted in the Illuminati mm-hmm. and that Justin Bieber is a lizard person and like all these mm-hmm. other things and all mm-hmm. these like wild conspiracies that people believe in you know and i think that the film does a good job of not making him out to be like someone who's like oh he's so crazy he's just an outlier like oh my gosh like no it shows him as somebody who's living in normal society who's Mm -hmm. blending in who looks like a normal person and even though like he only had like a few followers those few followers believed him and followed him and like literally did what he told them to do yeah. and they like entrusted in him and you could even see it when like bruce makes the um rare appearance at that funeral mm-hmm. and there's that one guy on the side who's like ranting and raving and rambling and bruce kind of looks at him and like he just looks like a normal guy you know, but he fully believes in what the Riddler is saying online or could be saying to him. Exactly, and exactly. It's, it's kind of like, I like that Reeves brought that in because it's not that hard for people to fall down the alt-right pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that is enticing to people who are just kind of like, don't, that people that don't kind of feel like welcome in society or don't feel like they have a, they're like normal in a way and you know incels with like the ever-changing landscape of the manosphere and empowering and emboldening angry men who are mad at the world and like all that other stuff and want to take a change and it's kind of reflective of how like Bruce is fighting for vengeance to clean up the city of Gotham and the Riddler is fighting for vengeance to clean up Gotham but he's just trying to destroy it you know, mm. and he literally does. And it brings chaos and like violence and death to some people. But uh, the Dark Knight, he wants us to believe in our officials again and believe in the systems, which is easy for him to say as a rich white man. Mm-hmm. And even like Selena Kyle points it out when she says that, like, you know, um, these privileged white assholes, you know, just care about themselves. And they do. They do, mm-hmm. and she's not wrong, you know. No, she's and not. like, you know, it's I don't want to say endearing. It at the end of the movie, we're supposed to believe that like Bruce is no longer naive and that he has awoken and he has seen what Gotham is like and what he needs to do to fix it. But even if you get rid of all these corrupt officials and stuff like that, there were the people that knew what was going on in the corruption and allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. So what makes you think that they're not going to easily subside to greed and power and be swayed 
by someone else because obviously there's a power vacuum within Gotham and like supposedly there's a trilogy coming which I don't know how a trilogy is going to work when I feel like the story was wrapped up pretty neatly in that first film oh don't worry the trilogy will not work (laughs) how it's going to work because you will not have to I I think it will be interesting to see what uh Reeves has planned next for the second Batman movie but you know me personally if Bruce Wayne wants to try and collaborate the police to clean up Gotham, that's great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say you could like, I don't know, open up your pocketbook and like give some money to like community organizers that are already on the ground trying to help people and are oftentimes, you know, held back for doing that due to heavily police and like city officials not giving them the resources that they need. Like, yeah, sure, like we should have faith in our like our systems and like our elected officials. But at the same time, like... If the second movie wants to dive into um, Batman slash Bruce Wayne, depends, depends on who they like more, um, going in and teaching a class to um, all the cops of Gotham, doing some retraining on racial profiling and racial bias, um, that would be great. I'd love to see it. Really no, like, I don't want a white man writing no, that. No, no, no. I, do, I, don't, I don't either. But like yeah. my, my point is... If I have to see Batman collaborating with the police, can it please be in a way that like will help in the future? You know, like get bring in some other people. Grab it, grab in, since she's already there, grab in Catwoman. Have her have her have her bring some things, have her grab some of her buddies, some of her friends, and let's do some retraining. Because in our world, in like our real world, that's something that definitely needs to happen. So if this movie is supposed to be a reflection of our real world, let's not give fake solutions in this movie that's not going to help in the real world. If there needs to be a second one, I want it to be just as realistic as the first. I know, listen, another question I have is like, why is Robin never in these Batman movies? Like- Do you wanna know the, the real reason why? Yeah. So partially because of the fandom, there's a, What's the best way to say it? A lot of kind of incestual sexualization that happens between Batman and Robin. Oh. Um, it's just, it's very prevalent. It started off as like very fan edit and fan type stuff, but then it slowly like started appearing a little bit in the comics and got very weird. And so now for like comic book fans, which like, although these movies are good movies, they are still very much made for comic book fans. Like they're still very much made for the fans. It's hard to see Robin in said scenarios without that being the immediate place that it goes. Um, And I think it's very smart of the directors to not take it there unless they're having it be like an older Robin who has now like transitioned over more into the Nightwing stage. So he's not a literal child living with Bruce Wayne. Mm. It's just the history there gets very ill illegal depending on the versions that you're looking at so it's i'm actually kind of glad that they stay away from it just because it would bring up more problems than like it would bring up good things to see robin here i think that i'm pretty sure there is a nightwing movie that's going to be coming soon i've heard about yeah especially because of the success of like the the titans dc series Um, yeah which i guess like that's fun and that's cool but like i don't know i guess i thought I, I guess I thought like maybe they would include Robin, but then again, there have there are a lot of characters already in 
the movie as well so Mm -hmm. it makes sense why they didn't include him into it I guess but yeah I did like Penguin though like Colin Farrell playing Penguin yeah yeah I I love Colin Farrell I love him especially because like I I thought that like I kind of assumed based off the trailer that like the Penguin would be a bigger character but like I didn't mind that he wasn't as much because like anytime he was I loved it I was like okay this is good. We're not like making Penguin out to be like the main evil character. He's just another guy. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not special. He's not the headmaster of anything. Although he like owns the the club, he never feels too incredibly powerful. He's just mm-hmm. another kind of evil rich guy in the story. Just another obstacle. Yeah, I do think that like I did have a problem with some of like the way the characters were like portrayed and written. Because even though I think everyone in the movie did a great job and like the script is really well done and the storytelling is interesting, I do think that a lot of the characters were lent to like the archetypes, you know, like Selena Kyle is the mysterious, like sexy brooding girl who like Mm kind of likes the guy, but kind of doesn't like him. And like they have different like ideas of justice and how to like carry it out. And like Alfred is like Bruce Wayne's surrogate father who blames himself because he couldn't protect him and lends himself to him and constantly puts him in danger. And there's Penguin, who is the mob boss, but also kind of like the sidekick, where like he's dangerous, but he's not as dangerous. And then there's, um, you know, what is his name? Falcone, who is the big bad guy, the mafia boss, the yeah. guy in the shadows, the king of the castle, the man who can't be touched. Like, And then there's Gordon, who's like, the good cop. The way that like some of the lines in the movie are ripped straight out of an SNL skit for like a cop drama is like hilarious to me because like the actors are saying this seriously and they are and I get it. But the same time, it's like when a cop comes up to you, he's like, "Hey, buddy, don't you know you're on the wrong side of it? Like, <laughs> shut up, shut up." Like, no, please. Stop. The way Gordon is like talking to uh, uh, Batman, and they are like nose to nose whispering to each other and i'm like this is intense but also i would laugh if i had to stand this close to somebody like i i would i'd break i would i would i would i would break and i i think i like those parts of the movie like the film takes itself seriously but there is kind of like a humor to it like Mm -hmm. a little bit and like christopher nolan's uh batman films as great as they are they lend no space for humor or like any kind of fun and this Batman is a lot more interesting because of like the gadgetry and like the Batmobile and like the different like little like, you know, it's so good. Like the scene when they go and find like uh, the drug factory or whatever oh, mm-hmm. and Selena Kyle is about to like steal that money. I was like, girl, you better grab that bag and Here, go. Exactly. Grab that bag Mine. and go. Mine. You better run. And when, 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 when Bruce is like all up in her business, it's like, oh, you stole that bag. You did it. Yes, like, shut up, yes, rich boy. Are. And what? And what, rich boy? Sorry, you not all of us, yeah, not all of us died with wealthy, uh, no, had their wealthy parents die. Yeah, like, I know you're alone and you're sad, but you got a big house to be sad in. See, like, you, you got so- a big house to be sad in and you got enough money for therapy. So I don't see what your problem is. The only problems that I'm seeing are the ones that you're not fixing. They're not therapists you you saw the final notice. You saw my bills. How much do you think I'm getting paid in that club? Not enough. No. Nah. You saw all the cats I got? Like, it's expensive. See, this all money right? to you, you would throw it away. This money to me, literally 
fixes my entire life, mm-hmm. changes my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to Venmo me, I'll, then I'll I give the money back. I'll give yeah. the money back if you Venmo me right now. Like, don't try and be Mr. All High and Mighty with me, okay? I saw you. I saw you beating up them people in the train station. So don't try and play Mr. Moral Compass with me, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, we both in black leather doing things in the night. Exactly. Right. Neither one of us is better than the other. Don't try. Don't play me. Don't play me. Yeah. I also love the car chase scene because that I I'm love also it. creative. So I yes. hate, I usually hate car chase scenes because they're mm-hmm. so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was new. it was different. They went all yes. out. They were like, we know that people are tired of car chase scenes, so let's turn it up to eleven. It was so good. Like, and also when he jumped off the roof. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> When he jumped the roof, you could tell off his face. He was like, oh, I don't want to die. He's like, I don't want to die. But I just, I can't get caught by the cops. I can't. It was so funny. This man crashed and burned. Oh my gosh. He felt that too. Absolutely. He felt that his legs. That was hilarious to me. Yes. Yeah. The movie was great. And I also love, like, I love when I was watching the film, like, how the Riddler, he let himself get caught. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I also love that the riddle, the riddles were like kind of genuinely hard to piece together and like actually kind of hard to like take apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because sometimes people we do riddles and it's just like, oh, what's red, bl- white, and black all over? Oh, a newspaper? Like what? Oh my God, like the Daily Post. <laughs> yeah. And I said this is just too easy, but like the Riddler actually had like very clever riddles and like little Easter eggs. Like when Bruce Wayne went back to the Riddler's apartment, and then he he pulled out the the thing that he used to kill the mayor, like mm-hmm. the, in the first scene of the movie. When the guy the 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 cop was like, "Oh yeah, that's like a thing you use for carpet to like post up the carpet." And he's looking at it. He's looking at the floor. He's like, "Hold up!" And then he like he moves the carpet out. Now that? here's the thing. Now here's the thing. And I need to say it. I'm not sure if they did this on purpose. I'm not sure if Michael Reeves did this on purpose. But cross my fingers, I hope that he did. And I hope that, like, I haven't watched any of his interviews, but I hope that if he's interviewed about it, he says he did on purpose. So when I saw that, even for, like, the first time in the first scene, I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> I've helped reconstruct homes. I've worked in construction. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what that was. Mm-hmm. And I like to think, and the other person did too. They were like, they were like oh, I'm not sure. It kind of it looks like something you'd pull up. Cardboard. No, they knew exactly what it was. I like to think that maybe, just maybe, Bruce Wayne slash Batman wouldn't know what that was because Bruce Wayne slash Batman has never done manual labor his entire life. Right. Because it looks, it, right. like, it looks like, it, like I, I know it's not like a common tool, like it's not a fucking screwdriver, it's not a hammer, but like those aren't uncommon. Like anyone that's remodeled their home or like thought mm-hmm. about remodeling their home knows what that looks like or is at least familiar with that type of tool. And I was like, oh, like I originally like when I saw it, like, obviously, the opening scene, like, I wasn't paying attention to it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting, like, murder weapon. That's kind of, like, creative, whatever. Maybe he's just trying to be quirky. Because I didn't, like, know the story, obviously. Um, but then when I was like, oh, they did that on purpose. Like, when I realized at the same time that, like, Batman did. Because, like, they made it very, like, it wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious that Batman was supposed to have already, like, pulled up the carpet and know all that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it actually happened, I was like, that is so smart. Because I was willing as a viewer, because I actually did this as a viewer, to just pass it off that he just happened to use that type of tool. It really didn't mean anything. That just happened mm-hmm. to be the tool they used. 
mm-hmm. even though I knew what the tool actually was. Yeah. That was so good. That was so good. It was a great way of tricking the audience into like disregarding a piece of information that was actually pretty crucial. And I also love that like watching the movie, a lot of times when you watch movies, I feel like people can figure out what's going to happen next, you know, mm-hmm. like what's next, who's going to be targeted next, who are we going after next? And the movie has so many intricacies to it. Like first, Bruce is trying to find out a murder and then he runs into Selena. But yeah. Selena knows somebody who's connected to the guy who died. And the guy who died also knows someone at the police station, Gordon. And there's something with the police and in the club and everything's kind of connected together. And so like, as you're watching like a film that is a mystery, of course you yourself as a viewer, you're trying to like solve it before it happens. Cause mm-hmm. that's kind of like what we try to do as viewers. And me personally, near the end of the film, I was trying to think like, why does the Riddler care about Batman? You know what I mean? Like he's the superhero yes. and this uh. is the villain. And like, what's the purpose? I'm thinking like, maybe that's just him. Maybe that's just what he, he just like, you know. Maybe he just, just chose to fixate on Batman. Yeah. But the Riddler has such a fascination into who Batman is that I'm like, at one point I'm watching the movie, I'm like, does he know him? Like, do they, do they? And I'm Were like, they best friends? I, I was trying to think like, did Batman, I was like, I was thinking like in my head to the comics, that the Riddler was an orphan in a way. And I was thinking like, well, maybe he just has a fascination for Batman because Batman seeks vengeance and he himself is looking for vengeance as well in his own twisted manner. Mm -hmm. So maybe he just thinks him and Batman are the same. Like he feels like the two of them are connected. And he of course was kind of using Batman, you know, as like a quote unquote ally to try and carry out his evil plans and everything yeah. like that. But the one twist I did not anticipate was when Selena Kyle was like, oh, Al Capone is my father. I was like, oh, who? Who? Mm. I was like, I was like, the drama. Absolutely. Oh, everybody in this town knows everybody. I was Everybody's so, connected. I was sitting here like, wow, 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 wow. I was, I was shocked, but I was just like, dang, this is going to make it a lot spicier now they really decided to give everyone a terrible backstory (laughs) nobody got off easy here and that's the thing about the movie is that like you know batman feels like there is a reason as to why he is the way that he is and why he seeks vengeance and like of course anyone can have an excuse to do bad things and commit crimes Mm. but at the end of the day what is that excuse really like what is that purpose really like what is the drive truly to do these things like is batman really trying to seek vengeance or does he have like an underlying need and thirst for violence in a way that the riddler did mm-hmm. you know the riddler and all these people um they have been the riddler and his followers have all been kind of just like they hate that the way the world the world works this way and that like these people are power they don't care about us they don't want things to change and da 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 so you want incite violence to do what like what is the purpose you want to sow chaos but like what would that solve it's like those people that complain about american politics but they don't vote they don't volunteer no they don't call the representatives no they don't do anything physically they just want to complain and whine about politics but they never do anything actionable to make a difference and make a change like if you're going to complain i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear i want to see actions uh, i want to see you out on the streets doing something you want to complain you better pick up a picket fence and organize a protest all right do something useful 
with that mouth. Or if you're too all lazy, right. you could donate. Find there some charities. There's all there's a million and one charities, baby. Find some charities that you can donate to. Find um posts on Facebook. Do something like valuable with your time. You know what I mean? And the Riddler has obviously different values than um Batman. And this is kind of like also where I had a little bit of a disconnect with the movie. Because mm-hmm. like I understand why Batman excuse me. I understand why where Batman's coming from to have faith mm-hmm. in your institutions. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who's like had to rely on the institutions that are put in place in your community and in your country, you realize that having faith in those institutions can be very difficult when those institutions were built by people that never want to serve someone who looks like you mm-hmm. or loves like you or identifies mm-hmm. the way that you do, you know? And then the Riddler, who of course wants to take down the institutions, blah, 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 but this is in such a violent and chaotic way where it will hurt people who are truly marginalized and on the way that he believes himself to be there's like this weird gap in the middle where it's like am i going to rely on this rich white man who likes to run around in the suit or am i going to rely on the two crazy white people that are in arkham asylum right now we're waiting to break out and then flood our gotham again or set it on fire and that you know really I mean? is our choices and that's where like dc that's where like these films kind of miss me you know, it's the same way I felt about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. As mm-hmm. much as I love the show, I didn't agree with the main villain or anti-hero's point of like bombing cities, but I understood where she was coming from. It's just the tactics that she took are ways that I did not agree with. So now I'm stuck with Anthony Mackie and his whole MLK, I have a dream, da 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 da, da all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like does that really serve me in my community if I have to play towards the respectability politics and waiting on people to recognize my value as a human being when they didn't even see in the first place? So now I got like, it's a good movie. It's a good it movie, is a good you know, movie. but that's just how I feel personally about these kind of films that like they don't they're not social justice films, so to speak, mm-hmm. but they do take the kind of broad surface level just just social justice stance Mm -hmm. that kind of like you can kind of miss me with that you know what I mean I need something I I am someone who believes that like you need to go after your rights you know I'm not gonna be mad at you if you people you know can feel the type of way when you like burn down the target or you break into a Wendy's and like Mm -hmm. rioting and looting you know Mm -hmm. you can have your feelings towards that however but when you are more concerned about the corporate value and you know uh, corporate value of things in your community that don't really serve your community, like do you really do you really care? Like y'all are more concerned about the target burning down than you are about like people being shot and killed in the street and just not being treated with the respect that they deserve and being betrayed by the people that are sworn to serve and protect, even though they're trained to cross that blue line every single time and don't. It's, I know, it's just a movie. It's just a movie, but. But it is a movie that was priding itself on being a reflection of real society. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's justified why you're looking so deep into it because it was made to be looked deeply into. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like people have said this time and time again, your white guilt isn't going to help me. 
Like no. you feeling guilty because you are white and because you live, because you're white, you're more privileged in certain circumstances. Like you feeling guilty isn't enough. I need you to do something with that and like put action behind it. You know, like Bruce Wayne helping those people that were flooded, who had like their home flooded and all that stuff. That's great. That's good. There's so much more that can be done behind that. There's so many more things that can, you know, like that can happen. And I'm sure this new mayor in Gotham, you know, can bring in some real change and hopefully not be swayed by corporate greed or be pushed around by, you know, the bullies in the neighbor in the on the playground who will try to make her bend to their will and like do what they say she should do mm-hmm. to do what she believes in. You know, like that's a hopeful thing we can have for the next film coming out. Uh, and there also, there's also going to be a Penguin TV show, I think. I heard that mentioned. Yeah. There's been some some rumors about it. I'm going to be honest and say I don't want it. Because no. Because as much as I love Colin Farrell, I know because like I had a Colin Farrell phase. I used to be obsessed with him. We can move past that. Good. But Colin Farrell has, <laughs> <laughs> he's like spoken out about how like he'll take any role that he deems like to be important enough for him to do. He just, he doesn't like changing his body you know to the point where he looks unrecognizable to himself and i can see that like i think that actors shouldn't have to like lose an excessive amount of weight or gain an excessive amount of weight to fit into the characters that they're playing like it's okay to cast people that just look like that character they're supposed to be playing and then like move from there you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean he did a really great job with penguin like he looked really very convincing as penguin but um i don't think i want the tv series i don't think that's going to serve anyone i don't, I don't know no. if there's a market for that no i don't think don't there's an audience it. for it no which is sad because like mm-hmm. it could be good mm-hmm. it's just it's not what we need right now yeah and i really did like the riddler um i'm glad I saw the deleted scene where um, Barry Culkin, I believe that's how you say his last name, plays the Joker and he meets the Dark Knight. I found that too. I like that scene. I'm going to be honest and say that like, I know like obviously a Batman movie means that like the Joker will be present. Mm -hmm. And I see, uh, I, I, I under like what I'm seeing from this Batman series is that like, DC is getting their stuff together and they're going to be following the Marvel formula of having movies connected with the story and like following a certain timeline and path for movies coming forward, going forward, which is great, which also means Mm. that we'll have to get the Joker again. And I'm tired of the Joker, but I love Barry Cogan. I'm sick of the Joker. I'm done with that man and his makeup and his laugh and his smile. I'm sick of it. But Barry Colgan, Kagan, Keegan, Barry, oh my gosh. I, you know, something about the Irish man. Oh my God. Something about that Oh Irish my goodness. Man. He's just such a good actor. Like he's just so, like everything I see him in, he never misses. He never misses. You know, he's just, he's a doll, you know, and, uh, as much as I don't want the Joker, I do want to see Barry. Uh, I do want to see him in something. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll grin and bear it. I'll grin and bear it. I'll grit my teeth. I mean, I guess that's I have to. I guess I have to watch it. I guess I have to. If, if he's going to be, I guess I got to see it. And also, I love Paul Dano. 
he was really good as the Riddler. Like mm-hmm, he perfect, mm-hmm. he fits the look of the Riddler perfectly. The look, the um, you know, the attention, like the way that he's just like a normal guy and has like the weird fixation on like puzzles and like latte film art. You know, another thing about the movie that I found interesting was that like the film kind of has like this focus on like conspiracy theories, but at the okay. same time the film doesn't deter from the fact that like these people that believe in it sometimes they're right but it doesn't mean that we should listen to them just yeah like just because you're right doesn't mean that you should be speaking just because you're you were right this one time does not mean that you are someone who speaks from a sound place in a sound mind Mm -hmm. of sound logic all right any other time you can pipe the fuck down yeah guess what believing that some people in government probably have some blood money, probably are involved in some some illegal schemes. Is it it's new? not it's not that that that's not that hard of a thing to guess. You didn't discover anything that we no. didn't already know or contemplate or believe. Like no. rich people are bad. Tell me something new. Rich people Tell me something I don't know. Rich white people rarely care about anyone but themselves. Wow. Now that was an earth uh an earth shattering concept that you just stumbled mm, upon there. What an earth shattering revelation. No one has ever thought that before or seen that play out in their daily lives before. Never. Ever. Never. Wow. Amazing. In the yeah. same time period where we literally have the TV show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you're telling me that you are just now discovering that rich white people are disconnected from the rest of the from the rest of the world. That was just like a show, like for example, but like it is blatantly everywhere on social media, in TV, in movies. But in this year, the year of our Lord, 2022, that's when you're discovering that rich people may not very much care about you. It's honestly embarrassing. That level of ignorance, I don't know. I don't know. So I just like looking uh, for people. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that just reminded me of what I'm going to be passing this week, and I already got pissed off. Um, but uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah, if you're looking at the Google Doc, you can see I have a couple things listed there. I, I, to... <laughs> I did, I did see. I scrolled down real quick. I was like, I wonder what she's gonna talk about. And I saw, um, oh, she's talking about a lot. Oh, she yeah. got a couple of things. Yeah, I gotta, we gotta, I gotta run through those quickly. But um, I'm just trying to make sure that I capture everything I want to talk about in the Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, we love to see somebody with daddy issues trying to work through that and i did like the kind of subtle subtle but not so subtle parallels between uh bruce wayne and archie the kid who lost his dad Mm -hmm. in the first 15 minutes of the movie and how bruce wayne is kind of working through like how he wants to fix gotham and be a i don't know be a good person but basically like try to rid the city of violence and greed and corruption but this guy is doing this because like he saw his dad such a good person and learning that his father possibly wasn't a good person, but didn't realize that he was getting to bed with somebody who was just worse than him and having to struggle with the fact that like the world is not black and white. And Bruce Wayne prided himself on being somebody who knows what's good and knows what's evil. And even like in his own naivete, his father reflected that naivete in trusting Falcone Mm -hmm. to try and protect his mother from what people could find out about her exactly. and her own past and how Archie may have to go through that similar thing when he find he, when he gets older and finding out that his dad was not a great guy and he was in mm-hmm. bed with a lot of dangerous and bad people and it's kind of like it kind of gives a it kind of lends the question of like if Bruce Wayne fails his mission to clean up 
Gotham, will there be someone else in his place to do it? Or will Archie be able to be raised in a city where, you know, the streets are cleaned, there's no more vengeance, there's only peace? Like, is that would be a very unrelatable and sad third movie of the trilogy to watch <laughs> the movie oh, like, where all the crime is gone the movie maybe, where all the good guys have already won by the time the movie starts it's not likely that crime can be wiped out of a city because crime is just part of like bad things happen you know yeah. but could there possibly be a gotham in the future where corruption does not run rampant under you know the streets of the city within the hearts of the elected officials that are meant to preserve this city and like help the citizens like is there a possibility that Gotham could be better maybe is yeah. it by the hands of the dark knight uh probably not just him but no. you know we'll but have to wait and see maybe he's a part of it maybe maybe I would like to see I know that's a Batman movie mm. so people don't necessarily like this but I would like to see Bruce Wayne doing more work if Batman is so determined to help fix Gotham City. Let Bruce Wayne have some time. Bruce Wayne is pretty well liked. He, ha- he has some assets that he can work with. I don't think people know Bruce Wayne enough in the movie, like in the movie world, because he's pretty reclusive as a person. Well, yeah, but like I'm saying like a rich white person coming out as a philanthropist is not, not a new story. People would accept that. They'd be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, he just wants to help. You know what, that's great. He was an orphan. It makes sense. He's trying to help out some of the other less fortunate people. How great. People would cheer him up. As they there do. could also be the possibility that the Riddler will expose his true identity with the Joker. And that would be an interesting thing to see. Very, you know, far from home mm-hmm. kind of thing. The unmasking of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. always, I do, as much as I like it, as much as it would be interesting, because that's like, I mean, it's definitely never happened in, like, a big Batman um, movie, like, production. It is a little bit, well, what's going to change? Absolutely nothing. Like, if, like, in the case of, like, again, um, No Way Home, it's a literal teenager in high school. His life is going to dramatically change. This is a 20-something-year-old multi-billionaire that already lives alone at home doing nothing anyways. How much is his life really going to change? Maybe some of his stockholders pull out. Maybe. Possibly more paparazzi, more press, people pushing him to be less reclusive. Which could be a good thing. Also, No Way Home did not end well, so maybe they won't go with that kind of plot point, but we never know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm sorry, um, Michael Reeves. I'm just throwing out ideas for you for your trilogy. You're the one who said you want to do this. I, as a fan, as an actual Batman fan, I'm just like throwing out some things that you could consider. Just something, like, maybe you could, like, tack it on, put it on the, like, the little, like, board of ideas you got going on. Even though the payday would be pretty sweet, I think that with how long the movie was, a trilogy just seems kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, like why was I in the movie for three hours if you were going to make two more? Is this going to be a, a is this going to be, like, a Lord of the Rings situation? Like, nine hours? Like, if the trilogy was in stone... Why wasn't a cliffhanger put in? So I could have left after two hours. Why was I there for so long? <laughs> like, hello. But, you know, whatever they decide to do, you know, it'll be fine. And at least you won't see Selena Kyle in the next movie because she, you know, went off to uh, Virginia or wherever she went. So. You're really brave for thinking we aren't going to see Selena Kyle. We're not going to see her. We're not going to see her. We're not. 
We're not. I'm calling it now. Okay. He's not going to be the next one. I'm calling it now. Okay. So we're bringing in like Barbara Gordon or something? Ooh, Barbara. That would be interesting. Maybe. And maybe we're bringing in Nightwing. And then we'll introduce him and then have the Nightwing movie after. Yeah. That's a good idea, don't you yeah. think? I yeah. like it. I like it. Let's bring in some people. Let's bring yeah, in some people. Yeah, let's bring let's, in some Let's movies. bring in the gang. Yeah, let's freshen it up a bit. You know what I mean? The Joker, the Riddler, Penguin, Nightwing. Yeah, let's have a sausage fest. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, okay, let's be realistic. Gotham City has usually been a sausage fest. Yeah. Like there's like true. there's like what? Like four, maybe five female characters that like people actually like know I mean, or care the mayor's about. woman. Let's hope she doesn't die. What? Let's hope the the mayor doesn't die. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you include her then I guess it's like sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ex I I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to give these movies a try. Yeah. You know, Black Adam, I'm going to see what it's giving. You know, like Dwayne Johnson being a superhero, that was always in the plan. Mm-hmm. That was always in the blueprint, you know. So him being Black Adam seems interesting to me. Yeah. Um, it'll be an interesting concept because he's not Black. So, you know, let's just see how that goes. Dwayne Johnson, it's like Bruno Mars, you know? Yeah. Like, they're both, they're not Black, but they're treated and loved and revered by Black people, and also casted for diversity reasons as if they are Black, but they're not. They're both Hawaiian, right? Yeah, they're both like, yeah. So that'll be an interesting thing to talk about when the press tour happens. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Black Adam, Wonder Woman is coming. I don't think I'm going to watch Wonder Woman. I I didn't watch the last Wonder Woman. I didn't watch the first two movies, so. I watched the first one. Okay. But um, I didn't watch the... Oh, I forgot. Oh my gosh, wait. This is what I am watching. Baby, I'm watching Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Oh, Shazam's going to be really good. Because Shazam 1, fire. Shazam 1 reignited my hope that Mm -hmm. DC can make good movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes out, that comes out like very end of the year. That's like December 16th is when it's currently set. So it could get pushed back. There is enough time that might get pushed back. Because that happens a lot. But um, but if it doesn't, I'm very excited for that. I have hope. I have faith. I am excited for Shazam, mainly because Lucy Liu is going to be in the movie. And mm-hmm. I love her. And I do want to see if, like, the other, um, the you know, the other Shazams that were there, like Megan Good, I think she was one of them. Like the other kind of like variants, I guess you could say. Of yeah, like the siblings that like. Yeah, um, mm-hmm, I want to yeah. see if they're in the movie. Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. They they should all be. That's in the at least one? I'm looking at like the picture mm-hmm. for the second one. It's um, it's a picture of all six of them standing in like their you know adult Shazam costumes. So it it's that heavily implies that they're all going to be a part of it. All right. All right. Interesting. Um, I do want to say. The things that we don't want to see next are a second Joker. I think we're good with that. As much as I love Joaquin Phoenix, uh, sir, you need to leave that alone. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Just, I'm not sure. I actually, I know exactly what the directors are thinking. But um, some stories are only meant to be one movie. Some stories yeah. are perfectly wrapped up in one movie that never needs to be a second one. I know that there could be money made off of a second one, but it doesn't need to be there. Let the story end. Mm-hmm. I... Um, I think that Black Canary will be a very interesting film to come out. I'm excited for Journey Smollett. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for her. Hopefully her brother can sit down and shut up and stop going off on Instagram so that she can have her due. 
can you just do that for us, please? Thank you very much. Um, what else? Um, there's reports. It's not officially said when, but hmm. theoretically, that girl will be coming out this year as well. That girl, also Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need the Geraldo Joker project either. Y'all are there are too many Joker movies. Yeah, there are too many. Michael Reeves is the only person who could bring the Joker back. I'm sorry, Todd Phillips, you're a great director, but like, you already got an Oscar for the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix did not deserve an Oscar for the Joker. He deserved an Oscar for her for um, "You Were Never Really Here" and for possibly "Come On," which is a movie he was in that came out this year. Come on, come on, it was, but. The Joker should not have been the movie that Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar for. It shouldn't have been even nominated. It shouldn't have been considered. You shouldn't even put it in the running for the Oscars. I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but you think that you can follow Black Panther's footsteps and it's just, you're not that girl. You're not that girl, all right? And of course, of course the people at the Oscars watched the Joker that year and you didn't watch the last Black man in San Francisco, but we could just diverge from that. Of course y'all watched the Joker, but you didn't watch Fast Color, but we could just go, we could just walk right past that one, Mm -hmm. I guess. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff from DC that's coming out soon. And as much as like, I know the DC is stepping up their game and they're trying to bring something new, they're trying to bring something fresh. They're really trying to like beat Marvel out of their bag. Now will they beat Marvel? Maybe they'll at least give them a run for their money. They're trying to give them a run for their money, but I'm going to say right now that more likely than not, uh, out of the six movies that are coming out for DC in the next two years, I'm probably going to see one of them. Yeah. I'm probably, I might watch Black Adam. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a I'll, chance. No, I'll watch Black Adam. Um, if the Shazam movie comes out this year, like obviously mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the Shazam I'm definitely movie. watching Shazam. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely seeing that. Like Zachary Levi, I've loved that band for so long. Absolutely. Zachary Levi, he can get my money. He can yeah. have my money. He in fact, if it. you were actually the only, sh- the only Shazam in the entire movie, you could still have my money. Yeah. I do want to say, uh, I find it very disappointing that like the Cyborg movie isn't moving forward because yeah. um, obviously Ray Fisher came forward with allegations towards Joss Whedon and him being just like completely terrible. And people have known that Joss Whedon was terrible for such a long time. And the fact that of just about every person that's ever worked with Joss Whedon stepped up and backed Ray Fisher up, in, including Ben Affleck, you know, it sucks that this project probably won't be brought into fruition in the DC universe or in the multiverse. And Ray Fisher deserves, because he's a great actor and, you know, he deserves a standalone film. He deserves to shine. And Cyborg is an awesome character as well as like Blue Beetle and Static Shock. These are really great characters, bless you, within the DC universe that deserve their own standalone movies or TV shows so that we can learn about their story and see them come to fruition and like give them their due. And it's just an example of like black comic book characters that exist and have Mm -hmm. stories Mm -hmm. and are interesting and ones that deserve more screen time rather than y'all taking these superheroes that are mainly white and then just making it like a black superman a black yeah. batman i don't need a black superman i do not need it we have our own we have our own comic book characters we have our own stories mm-hmm. we have our own people we have we have they're there you just need to pick up a comic book exactly. take it to the pitch and then make and, it happen and maybe cross your fingers cross your fingers it kind of little bit maybe happening 
Um, mm. Because currently, Blue Beetle is set to release in like early 2023. There is currently actively underway Blue Beetle is being produced. Mm-hmm. So there's hope. And also, Ironheart has found directors to direct episodes oh, and mm-hmm. they've casted it mainly, you know. So yep. Ironheart is going to be coming to Disney Plus pretty soon. So it's not that there isn't the audience, there mm-hmm. isn't the desire, that there isn't the want. It's just that these studios need to get off their ass exactly. and make it happen. You need to make it happen. I'm gonna be hundred percent honest. The the Marvel TV show that I've heard the most buzz about of all the ones that they've announced is besides like Agatha Harkness. It's been Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Everybody yeah. is ready for Miss Marvel. Yeah. Everybody is ready for that. Mm-hmm. There's not a single. I haven't seen a single person be like, I think I'm gonna skip that one. And people have talked about skipping all the other, uh, all the others. But like, they're there. We love the stories. Mm-hmm. You are like the. It's well written. You have comic book fans in your in your grasp, in your the palm of your hand. Give it to them, and I guarantee you, they will watch it. You just need to deliver. They will love it. You just need to deliver. There are plenty of people who can direct it, write it, produce it, star in a cyborg movie. You just got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair that Ray Fisher isn't getting his own film when Ezra Miller literally ran up in someone's house in Hawaii and held them at gunpoint. And he also body slammed a woman. And he's also just been weird in general. And this man has a whole movie done, written, produced. And Cyborg was written out of the Flash movie. Why? Yeah, it's been that. You are so disappointing. Like. It, I need to stop. The madness needs to stop. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's all I have for DC. Um, I do have to get on the TV shows and start watching those on HBO yes. Max, but mm-hmm. it's going to take me a while because those are long. Yeah, ignore all the blah, blah, blah TV shows. The only ones that you really, really, really need to watch. If we're talking modern, because like if we went back mm-hmm. in the day, then there's oh so many. Oh so no, many. No, I know the ones that I need to watch are Titan, Doom mm-hmm. Patrol, and Peacemaker. Titan, Doom Patrol, Peacemaker, and then just because it's so good, the Harley Quinn you, you one. You gotta watch Harley Quinn. You yeah, gotta watch Harley Quinn. Yeah, I have to get into that. Definitely. But that's it. That's yeah. it. Because like, if you tried to go old school, you could spend a lifetime watching DC's old movies. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, not old movies, old like TV shows. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right. Um, I think that that's gonna be it for the review. Uh, Glenn, is there anything else you want to say about DC movies or maybe Batman in general? Um, I like laughing. Ba- the Batman re- <laughs> Batman movies rarely make me laugh, but every once in a while they do. And when it is, okay. it's it feels so not forced and so mm-hmm. genuine. It was just a funny moment. It was just a funny moment. Like um, like example when um uh Commissioner Gordon, well, I guess not Commissioner, but Gordon and Batman were like talking off by themselves, and then you like you know they have the the cameras focused on them and then it like pops out and the penguin is still there mm. like yeah they play a little bit for last but funny let me have those little moments let me laugh during a batman film please yeah i too really do enjoy this like the batman movie was overall it was good like it was long mm-hmm. but you know like all the kind of like you know the storytelling the cinematography the plot you know, the characterization could have been a little bit better, but I think overall, like as a whole, it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely liked it. And like, I can't, there isn't much else for me to say because 
the thing that I love most about good films is that you don't really need to talk about them sometimes because it like movies speak for themselves. You know, I need movies to show, you know, not tell. And it showed me what I needed to see. It showed it in the dialogue. It showed it in the little intricacies. It showed it in little plot points and the stares and the silence and the moments where you hold your breath, the moments where you want to scream. Like films that are good are just good on their own. And they know that they're good because every single piece of the film, every single piece of the puzzle comes together so well, it creates the whole picture. And when you look at the picture, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's what I need from movies. That's what I like about movies. Like I'm okay with watching a bad movie just to enjoy it and just to have fun. But when a movie just comes together so seamlessly and all the little meticulous plot points and everything in it just like flows together in like this deep dive of something just like so relatable and interesting and just like good there's you can't miss you can't beat it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what the batman did and i'm very i'm very like glad um i still think that a trilogy is kind of like overkill but I'll watch it. I'll watch it. You know, I just have to wait for the cast list to come out and see if I'm actually going to watch it, watch it. But I'll mm-hmm. see, you know, we'll see what it's giving. Yeah. All right. So since we're done talking about the Batman, we can move into our last segment, which is I'll Pass, which is where we talk about uh, movies and TV shows that we're not watching or we go over industry news that we are not a fan of. Okay. Um, I'm going to do my two very quickly because you have some stuff to say. Uh, we listen. I'm not gonna do a lot. I know there's a lot on the page right there. A lot of these things I could save for next week, you know. So I want you to pick the two that I'm gonna talk about in the Google Doc. Just highlight the two you want me to talk about. Highlight Yeah, just like highlight, like actually like highlight it. You know, like do a I'm little... not even sure if it'll like actually even let me. Um, I guess you know. I... Oh wait, hold on. Let me change your. You're, you're after. Wait a second. I can just tell you the the ledger. Um. Oh. Let's do A, just because it is relevant right now. Might as well talk about it as soon as possible. Um, and you uh-huh. did seem really fired. So let's just do A and C, because you seemed really fired up about C. And A is just, it's topical. We should be talking about it now. I think, I think I'm going to talk about A. I'm going to talk about D. A I'm D. pretty sure I could talk about C next week. Oh, true, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you can go first. Okay. So yeah. mine are fairly short. One of them is just complaining about a genre again mm-hmm. it's another case of like the movie comes out and reminds me that the genre exists mm-hmm. um this movie is called unplugging it in, it in of itself doesn't look like too bad of a movie um it's starring what matt walsh and then eva longborn is that her last name longoria 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 okay. yeah um and just it's again it's not necessarily this movie specifically it's the genre that I'm tired of. It's two people who have been married for a while who no longer have the love and spark in their relationship. <clears throat> and so what's the best way to fix that? Take everything away from them, throw them in like a, you know, like a survival situation and let their love rekindle. Let them find why they fell in love with each other in the first place. Mm. It's the type of romance movie that I dislike the most. Mm. Like, it seems so I get that. overly dramatic. Like, yeah. if, if your marriage, like, in the real world, if your marriage isn't working and you actually are committed, like, you want it to work, you want it to, like, succeed, it takes, it's work. It's continual work. It's sometimes that involves 
um, being there more often. Sometimes that involves making sacrifices in your personal life. Sometimes that involves like actual like counseling, actual like marriage therapy, that sort of stuff. But what it isn't, I think I'm only thinking about this just because recently I like we rewatched Bojack not too long ago. And like though that thought, because he mentioned it in like one of the episodes, is like still ringing around in my head. Love is not a grand gesture. A love cannot be maintained by like one dramatic act of selfless of selflessness, by like running through the airport before they get on their flight to like catch them before they go. That is not what sustains love. What sustains love is constant time, work, being there daily, supporting them. And I don't know, it's just it's an annoying genre that they're thrown into like a survival type scenario. And like since it's life or death, like they, you know, they rediscover why they're in love with each other again. And then it's happily ever after and they've and they're always in love after that. Because they remembered why they fell in love with each other in the first place. It's just a tired old genre that really isn't even that realistic. Anyway, so again, not any like major problems. It's just the movie is coming out and it reminded me that that genre exists. Yes. And then the other one, this is just a quick reminder, quick reminder. Um, this is a quick reminder to all of our fans to not go and see. That's right. I said to not go and see uh, Secrets of Dumbledore that I'm pretty sure is going to be out by the time you listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. So don't watch it. Just a reminder, there's there's absolutely nothing that you are going to get from that movie that you need it to get, that you need it to know. To be honest, those films shouldn't really exist because the books are based off of are literally just textbooks. Mm-hmm. Like literally you took a book that they were learning about in the um in the book series, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Yeah. And then you turn it into a real book, which mm-hmm. just told people about magical beasts in the uh, wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And then you turn it into a five-part movie series that is completely unnecessary and serves as a prequel to nobody because nothing in those movies get, actually adds any substance to the story that we already know about. Exactly. Like, so yeah, just a casual reminder, no need to watch it. Yeah. Anyways, okay. that's all. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start on the two things I'm going to pass on this week. Okay. Uh, so as we all know, uh, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars Mm -hmm. and as a result of that there have been you know um, discussions in regards to the board of uh, academy voters uh, on how to punish Will Smith for this act of violence or whatever and he resigned from the academy and he apologized twice and so now the academy has banned Will Smith from the Oscars for 10 years And many people are upset by this on behalf of Will. I'm sure he doesn't really care because like he has his Oscar. And I know a lot of productions and a lot of films that he has had in in motion are stalled due to the response of this all. It just feels a lot like hemming and hawing from Hollywood that like they want to seem like they're shocked by the show of violence that Will has portrayed on the stage of the Emmys. And I just want to say, especially to like, because recently our manager who is awesome and great and I appreciate her so much. She posted a short of me talking about the slap on YouTube, Mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel. And all the comments have been very upset with me and my thoughts. Wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Which comment did you say? Because I'm not sure if I saw this one. We had a lot to say about that slap. We were going back and forth. I you think said it was every like, opinion you could say. 
I'm pretty sure it was like the beginning part when I was like explaining what happened and one commenter was like oh her smiling when she was mentioning the violence is a huge red flag and I just want to say you all read the situation as Will just hitting Chris Rock unprovoked. Chris Rock crossed a line and Will Smith let him know that you cannot cross that line anymore with him and all of these people wanting to cry for respectability and all this stuff had nothing to say when Louis C.K. won a Grammy. Mm. You had absolutely nothing to say. You had nothing to say when all these women were coming out talking about how they do not feel safe at certain clubs because these people who run these clubs will let Louis C.K. perform and how there were female comedians who rely on like club appearances to make money and to be well known. And if they turn down an appearance at a club because Louis C.K. is performing, they will be hurt and they can be blacklisted and they could lose out on money so they have to put aside their feelings in order to share a stage with somebody who has made other female comedians that they know uncomfortable louis ck is a very very bad person all right the things he has done he has not truly apologized for or showed any remorse for it and him winning a grammy just shows how the hollywood machine does not truly care about you know being respectful or does not care about violence because you're okay if your favorite comedian producer director actor is a menace to women on sets Mm -hmm. as long as they keep coming to your little parties and you give them little trophies but the second one of the actors that you deem uh likable or whatever does something that you don't like does an act of violence that you do not agree with suddenly you want to derail their career and deter all their accomplishments and take it away from them. And I just want to tell you, Will Smith has like 12 things in development yeah. as of right now. Will Smith always has at least 12 things in development. Let's be realistic. He's in everything. He makes more money from his YouTube channel than he does from making movies. <laughs> this man, Do not. he could make five vlogs right now and upload them in the next couple of weeks and he will be fine. He'll be fine. He had a Snapchat show. He has an Instagram series. He has a YouTube channel. Like, there's nothing really holding him back. You're talking and I cannot hear you, Glenn. I'm Hello? So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was ranting. <laughs> I had no idea what you were saying. What would you say? I was just ranting with how stupid people are to, like, again, just giving their opinion on something that they, like, don't care. Like, they, they're talking about it because it's popular. They're talking mm-hmm. about it because, like, it's... Oh, it's the hype new thing. Like we can talk about Will Smith, like this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But like when yeah. it's actually like serious issues, things that like actively like, you know, is literally like life or death, like women's safety, like whether or not they're going to be able to go home to stuff like that. No one cares. No mm-hmm. one's gonna say anything when it's like an actual life. But when it's like, oh, a slap, like a, no one's dead. No one went to the hospital. He had mm-hmm. to put an ice on his cheek for like 30 minutes and he was fine. This is the issue that everyone needs to be talking about. The thing is, is that so many, but, Another thing that people don't understand is that a lot of people who are upset with Louis C.K. and hate him now and are speaking to, you know, his allegations, these people are former fans of him. These are people Mm -hmm. that loved his show, loved his work. Also, Louis C.K. was someone who produced a lot of really good shows and worked with a lot of women. And the thing is, is that, like, they don't support him now because they see what he has done 
and they see that as a reason to not support him, basically. And the difference between Will Smith and Louis C.K. is that Will Smith was one of the only Black actors who rose to fame and stayed within the respectability, you know, and stayed within being, you know, the good Black kid. And Louis C.K. always pushed the envelope always said things are kind of controversial mm-hmm. there's a whole bit where he said the n-word multiple times one of his like jokes and people still admired him and respected him and liked him and louis ck was you know women five women came forward and accused him of sexual assault and he took ownership of what he did but he didn't truly apologize for what he did and then went back around to doing shows and he got nominated for a grammy and won one mm-hmm. will smith defends his wife and kind of breaks the kind of image of him being the respectable Black person. And you were all upset with him because you feel like he acted irrationally and violently. One person is being punished for reacting in a way that protects someone he loves. Another person is being praised because you don't really care about women that he has hurt, you know? And there are plenty of female comedians that were so quick to defend Louisa K too. And y'all are so gross. Obviously, like, just awful for that. And I am disgusted i'm truly disgusted and i really don't understand how y'all were so loud Wait a about second. one Smith. second monica what? you can keep going one second okay i can keep going okay it's just like it's disgusting you should all be just disgusted with yourselves like will smith to be banned from the oscars for 10 years but louis ck wins his grammy and just goes on his merry long way and now aziz ansari has a third season of his show coming out pretty soon even after he was accused of sexual assault and didn't really like, he apologized for it. But like, y'all keep making excuses for men that are doing bad things that violate, hurt women, that use their power to get away with these things. And then there are men who defend women and stand up for women. And just because it's in a way that you don't agree with or in a way that you don't like, or that makes you uncomfortable, you want to punish them. You're punishing the wrong people. The wrong people are being put on the chopping block. I don't think you understand that. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, everybody has something to say about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock, but the same people that had all that to say didn't have anything to say about Louis C.K. winning that Grammy. Mm -hmm. Because most of y'all were probably at his house with no cameras and no phones congratulating him and patting him on the back. Speaking of, like, the corruption just throughout all of, like, um, a city or mm-hmm. an environment. Here we go. These are not allegations, by the way. He admitted to doing these. Mm-hmm. He admitted to doing these things. Like, oh my gosh. It's just a perfect example of like people think that cancel culture is something that's destroying everyone's career. And here Louis C.K. is going on stage, getting that award, and then going off. And how disproportionate it is that certain people face repercussions for their behavior and other people are giving a slap on the wrist and not even punished at all. Not even looked at twice. Not mm. even wanting to mention it. Not even bringing it up, but just letting it go. Like, all right, well, next one, since y'all want to piss me off. Mm. Um, this next one also deals with corruption and I really felt hesitant to talk about this, but I do want to talk about it. All right. So recently there was an article talking about how the three organizers of the Black Lives Matter um, organization used donations uh, received during the June summer of 2020 protest. Um, They've used the donations to basically buy a mansion. And they try to dress it up as it's going to be 
something for community organizing. The treasure set up as it's going to be like a kind of high house situation for activist influencers. The long and short of it is that you have taken donations that people have given to your organization that are meant to be given to communities in need and help marginalized people that are disenfranchised, as your organization is supposed to do, and you have utilized it for your own personal use and personal gain. And it's it's a story as old as time. And the problem was that usually these conversations that these scandals break mainly within Black Twitter and Black circles. But this story has broken to the point where like Fox News was talking about it. And what this has done is, you know, basically so, um, this has basically made people, it's, it's made people not believe in the movement, you know, you know, when we talk about Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, oftentimes a lot of Lives Matter is brought as a rebuttal, but it's not a real organization. There's no people behind it. There's no work behind it. And you can look at Black Lives Matter and see three women behind it doing the work to help Black people. Mm -hmm. But these three women are using the donations in a way that is not benefiting and the people they're supposed to be helping. It hurts even, even more, I would say, because mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter the movement is mm -hmm. much bigger than Black Lives Matter, the organization. Look, the yeah. organization is something born partially because of the movement and definitely helped bring more mainstream awareness to the movement. Mm -hmm. But Black Lives Matter, the movement, does not need the organization. It has been prospering and succeeding and actively working to change things before the organization and will continue to regardless of what the organization does. Yeah, and... and it, it, but when people say like okay okay but when like someone brings up black lives matter just someone who's like not part of the community the first thing they think of is the organization yeah they're not thinking of like the larger movement and so it hurts more that like even though black lives matter the organization is um just one piece of the puzzle them doing something like this will give everyone everyone a reason to say that black lives matter is fake or like black lives matter actually doesn't care yeah. Or like Black Lives Matter is just like a scam or is like was just like a way to get attention because they're focusing because now they have like actual proof of like a piece of that puzzle doing something negative, doing something scammy, kind of scummy. Mm -hmm. And they're going to always attack that and they're going to ignore the larger, greater good that Black Lives Matter, the movement has been able to bring, even in such a short amount of time. And the thing that really does suck is that like there are so many community organizers and there were people behind the scenes that were trying to call this out and stop this and try to bring attention to this and try to hold them accountable. But those people aren't going to be recognized because those people that actually did the work to try and like stop these people from doing this don't have as big of a platform to speak up mm. or do not have enough influence online or in social media to be heard. And if they are heard, they won't be believed because people are so quick it's it's just so irritating to see fox news reporters talk about this organization and how they're stealing money for black people but y'all are so quick to dismiss so many politicians that watch your show that follow you that talk to you that sneak around with y'all in your little coke parties that do worse things to their own communities 
They don't want to support the Build Back Better bill that could help rebuild communities and bring in like some actual money to help people who have been really hurt by COVID-19. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to call out those people and you're quick to call out Black Lives Matter. And like they should be called out. They should be. It just pisses me off that like you put faith in, <laughs> you put faith in people and you want them to do good things and you just screw up like this and it's not like it's not new like sean white does this sean white that's the same yeah this is, yeah wait that white man who keeps getting reblogged by all those celebrities because he like shares like that man is a scammer too he is and like so many mothers who have lost their sons like if you know a young black boy who's been killed by the cops, like Mike Brown's mother, Tamir Rice's mother. They have spoken to how these activists are so quick to become celebrities and leaders that they lose sight of the vision, that they lose sight of who they're supposed to be fighting for. Mm-hmm. And they would rather be invited to like the Oscars and the Grammys and do all these op-eds and get paid all this money and be sponsored by banks and by corporations and get pay, get these huge payouts and do these podcasts then by these huge media companies and get a nice pretty check. But when it comes time to go out on the street and do the work and really organize, they're nowhere to be found. Like you can find the time to be interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert, but you can't find the time to go to a protest or speak to somebody or really do some organizing on the ground, feet to the, feet to the gravel, like kind of work. And it's like, when I can't, I can't protest, you know, I can't go to, I can't donate, you know, I can't do that stuff because I don't have that time. I mm. truly don't. And so I give my money to organizations that I hold faith that they will take this money and help people because that's what I know I can do. Mm-hmm. But if I have given you my $20, my $30, $100, and you took that money to buy a boat. You took that money to get yourself a new clothes. You took that money to get yourself a new house. What? What the fuck? What? Why? What? Really? Really? Like I'm giving you my money, my capital, so that you can invest it in people who live in communities like mine, who look like me, so they can have better opportunities, so I can see them grow and prosper. Mm-hmm. And you're taking away the capital that I have gotten from the job that I hate to put into people that need that so that they can have the resources to do better and live better lives. And you have put that into your own pocket. What the fuck? What the fuck? And it's just, why would you do us like this? Like the audacity. And then you thought you wouldn't get found out. You thought we wouldn't know. We were all, the internet knows everything. Uh, Nothing uh, stays secret for more than like five minutes. I'm just incredibly disappointed in the fact that this, happened Mm -hmm. and it's it's truly like and there's no like reading between the lines in any of this you know they try to hide it they try to brush it under the rug they didn't want accountability they're trying to like say that people who like um criticize them or people who are like speaking out about this are truly their supporters and the way that you are so quick to disappoint the people that like stood up for you and had your back and like were there supporting you from the very beginning it is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, you know, it just goes to show that you should, you should donate to grassroots organizations in your own mm-hmm. communities so that you can see, you know, the drive behind it. But it sucks because like, 
an organization like Black Lives Matter and the NAACP should be organizations that take that money and put it into my community and you're not doing it. So why are you here? Huh? I shouldn't have to agree with Fox News. Why are you putting me in this position? Mm. Why do you put me in this position? Why That's do I agree with Sean Hannity? I, how dare you do this to me? How dare you do this to me? The fact that Tucker Carlson said something that I actually can nod my head and agree with wholeheartedly, I ought to smack you. I ought to smack you. And one of the worst things about it, besides all the stuff we've already talked about, is that they win. They're still, they're, they're keeping the house. It's already bought. Like the mansion's already paid for or whatever. Nothing's changing. Like, yeah, they're not going to get money now. Like, you know, like massive like donations and stuff. It's, but they, it's just, they're still keeping the mansion. And if not, they can easily resell the mansion and make even more money, flip it. They won. They got what they wanted. It's so disappointing because like you look at things like, you look at organizations like the Red Cross keeping $500 million away from Haiti during earthquake relief. You look at organizations like Susan G. Komen and these big corporations that tout themselves as charities to help people. Your purpose should be to help people. It's not that there are, there are people in need they like people are in need and you would rather just help yourselves i truly like and then people get upset when people are like oh eat the rich oh well you shouldn't say that girl why not at least fight them yeah at least like hack into their their bank account like if i throw a coffee in elon musk's face suddenly i'm a criminal but he made money off apartheid okay okay Sure. Look at the Tesla and all the racial discrimination lawsuits they have against them. And then tell me I can't, I can't throw a coffee in that man's face, please. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very, it's getting like, I really do try to be an optimistic person because I truly cannot fall into the trap of nihilism. Like, you know, it's like the um, song from Bo Burnham's, uh, um, Bo Burnham's special Inside, Mm -hmm. that funny feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Bo Burnham, the thing I hate the most about that special is that it allows people to give up. It allows people to see like all the terrible things that are wrong with the world, all the horrible things that are happening. And it just allows you to be like, well, there's nothing I can do to change it and just let these things happen. Like, yes, as everyday ordinary people, our own individual actions probably can't stop climate change. And we'll have to rely on the president to get us back in the Paris Climate Accords and also rely on corporations to try and lower CO2 emissions. Yes, that is true. But the one thing you will not catch me do is just give up to the fact that it's just it. Like, this is just what it is. Like, I can't accept that. I simply can't accept that. Because the once, once you give up on things getting better, you give up on the people who are truly putting in the work to make things better. And, and if, if you, you give up... I was about to say, and if you give up on things getting better, then things will always get worse. Look at what's going on right now with all the, the abortion laws and stuff like that. We are actively taking like whether you agree with abortion or not we are actively taking more rights away from women by the second that's things getting worse because everyone was okay with the way that things were the fact that there is a law in florida where you can't discuss like sexual orientation or gender identity and there are children being taken away from their parents Mm -hmm. what's going on right now right as you're listening to this right this second in florida is the exact thing that happens when you say well there's nothing we can do to change it well, there's nothing that we can do. Things aren't going to get any better. They will get worse. They will always get worse. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's it. <laughs> I like how our very great, thorough, deep, wonderful movie podcast always turns into a hardcore political podcast the last, like, 20 minutes. I mean, politics, in, like, influences art. 
yeah they, it people... is they are very close but we go yeah. from very much like we dive sometimes into like the deep cinematography and the mm-hmm. camera angles and the script mm-hmm. writing of movies in the last 20 minutes you would think this entire podcast was just us um be like the future politicians campaign for the future presidency of america we start off the movie podcast by giving you like movie review very mm-hmm. much variety kind of type you know uh detailing and like we were giving you Mo- miss mojo in the beginning absolutely and then we end as like positive america mm-hmm. definitely yeah. definitely all right well guys that's it for this week uh Thank you so much for listening and for watching. Really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I've been meaning to watch that. And, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on Instagram, you know, let us know what's up. Uh, DM us any suggestions you may have for us. Follow us on TikTok. All of my social media and Glenn's social media will be in the description down below. If you have any comments or suggestions, DM us on Instagram and we'll Mm. love to read them. And thank you for all the love and support we've gotten so far. And we hope to see, and we'll see you guys next week in another podcast. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.